All righty, all righty. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Fitness in Philosophy podcast. My name is Robbie Gustin, and I'm joined, as always, by James Fitzgerald. And today we are going to be discussing punishment and fitness. James, as a part you? of a couplet. As part of a couplet. You want to explain the reasoning for the order? Yes. So believe it or not, we are going to be, our next episode will be episode 50. Milestone. Whoa. Yeah, I'm looking and forward. as a reward yes. for episode I I 50. I didn't want to associate... You know, I mean, we could, I guess we could have associated with liberty or information or other things, but like, yeah, reward. I mean, it, it just so happens. I was like, I don't want to associate that with punishment. So, yeah, no. Punish the listeners yes. for listening in for 50 times. Yes. Um, little known fact, in addition to having recently acquired uh, Twitter, Elon Musk has also acquired the rights to our podcast. So you can expect that uh, after episode 50. We're going to get a significant booster, yes. SpaceX booster to our uh, marketing and our uh, information sharing. Yep. And uh, people will be able to pay $8 a month to pretend that they're James or pretend that they're Robbie. Yep. And, uh, come on the and also, just so we can be transparent, we also will then get access to everyone's social insurance number and uh, cameras on all their units. Yep uh brandon and i were talking about this the other day <laughs> he's like why have i not gone on twitter and created a verified opex account <laughs> because he probably would have got busted just like all those companies did that immediately tried to find the loophole right yeah like you know, Eli you know a sad part of that which is kind of sad but it's kind of not not sad i guess in different ways well i feel kind of heartened for the uh the the type one diabetics that required the insulin but did you see what they did with eli Lilly? oh yeah oh man and they still have been quote unquote punished <laughs> um where their stock is uh still down by huge percentage points i mean we're talking like billions of dollars just by that move yeah i don't know if you can see the uh the tears coming from my eyes for eli <laughs> Lilly and co for them losing money over gouging people oh man yeah that's true i don't uh I, I should i should uh not feel whatsoever sympathetic because even anyways it's a whole other conversation on the cost of insulin um and what i believe for those who have that particular or born with that you know um i think they should have a you know ridiculously low cost access to something like that um, but yeah i heard uh, even cost whatsoever i mean i don't know so right um but yeah even even uh, i don't know if you saw the i mean there are a bunch of funny ones like chiquita talking about overthrowing the government in brazil and then there was a uh, lockheed martin refusing to sell to like saudi arabia oh yes places in yes. the stock market yeah stuff oh yeah yeah i saw that one yeah um, anyhow we're up to no good with uh musk's approval and inside support of fitness and philosophy you see, I mean, the possibilities are endless, endless when you have the smartest and richest person on the planet taking over what you do. Basically. Um, and then we can partner it up with uh, President Trump's uh, comments on putting an American flag on Mars, you know, within his uh, term, his next term, you know, and right next to that flag will be a pickleball T-shirt. Yep. And sentencing uh, drug dealers to death. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's it's the world we uh where we live in today. Yeah. 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 Get get uh get that pickleball court set up. It's not it's not too late, James. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be punishment. 
for the uh, individuals that have to stay on this planet. You don't get access to tennis. You only get access to tennis on Mars. So this will be like uh, this will be like uh, what's the what's the halfway between heaven and hell? Uh, purgatory. purgatory. Yeah, this will be purgatory where people just get they have to suffer and play pickleball for the rest of their days until they get off the planet. As so like, so like ping pong is hell, purgatory is pickleball, and then tennis is, is heaven. heaven. Okay. Yeah, I see the linear progression there. Yep, I like it. I know. Speaking of punishment, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't mention pickleball in here, but I, but I, yeah, I, I like the connection. I think that's yeah, uh, I think that's yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, did you guys know that we sell a a t shirt to uh, troll pickleball and e bikes? You can find it on tpublic.com if you'd like to uh, partake, and I'll put the link. Merch, in. yeah, get that merch. Um, mugs also, are coming next. Yeah. Yeah, what should we put on the mug? Well, it's less about what we should put on the mug. I think it's the action of what people should drink while they're listening to the Fitness and Philosophy podcast. Something yeah. that like uh, garners, uh, you know, that that connection, a behavioral connection to to thoughts. You know, yeah. so uh, I know, I don't know about you, but when I ever, whenever I drink hot chocolate, I immediately get transfixed into like a warm room with a blanket an open fire and a christmas tree i don't know i always like that's what comes up when i drink hot chocolate i mean everyone has their own i want that drink particularly in that mug to connect people to my voice and yours and critical thinking well i heard that uh i mean i guess for both of us you know neither dude either. i just came up with it what we gotta do a play on words for uh drink the kool-aid we got to bring it back. We got to bring it back. Like that that's 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 higher order in my opinion. We know we're transcending and including it, right? It went from this uh narcissistic JIM Jones, Jim Jones concept to CrossFit cultish fitness world to like us being like, "Hey, be a critical thinker, drink the Kool-Aid." Yeah, I like that. And I can be like the uh, Kool Aid man, like, oh no, oh no, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh Let's yeah, yeah. Must be in fitness. Uh huh. We got to come up with a, like a, a symbol for fitness and philosophy, a brain in a vat. Yeah, with little with little avatar uh, legs doing some uh, Peloton, basically, or riding an exercise uh, an exercise uh, electric bike. Yeah. Not an exercise bike, James, an electric bike. Right. Well, the th see, the thing is, they think it's exercise. So that's what makes it a good. Oh, yeah, I see. Right? I see. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, there it is. It's our mug next. And uh, you know, I just threw out some ideas. Yeah, no, I like that one. Um, if you guys like the podcast, give us a review. Yeah. Tell a friend. Yeah, email. Yeah, email us at... Uh, Fitness in philosophy at gmail.com. If you have any topics, questions, or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And you see, you just partook in uh, in being a part of this with us because we just punished you for a couple of minutes there. Yeah. It's a good segue into our conversation today. Although I will say, having recently watched a uh, or listened to a completely different type of podcast, like uh, that was like an hour long. Oh my 
God with the ads. Oh my literal God. Like literally this was like a 60 minute podcast and like, I don't know, at least 10 total minutes of it was like four, four different ads. Like every 15 minutes, like we don't have any ads. I mean, yeah. do it do what you need to do but like i feel like we're pretty good when it comes to that yeah stuff. what are the what's the price differential going to be uh this conversation for another time i'm just trying to think better for netflix and how they're going to overcome that i don't know how that's going to happen same thing with twitter like you know he's he's just he just said it like they're going to be into a lot of trouble if they can't get some cash it, not just through through subscriptions but you know there's going to be some serious ad model go inside there you know anyways yeah, we're not making any money, so we're not bought by anyone, so we can tell you the truth. Yeah. So, yeah, just don't tell Elon we said that. Yeah, no, yeah. No no Factor 75 or uh, other other commercials here. Just, no. just, just straight truth. Yeah. All right, so today we're going to talk about punishment and fitness. Now, punishment within philosophy is a really big topic, and this, this was a, this was a, some philosophy topics as they exist, I would say um, the actual topic itself directly relates more to um, fitness. Whereas this one, I had to kind of take the 30,000 foot view where like most of the discussion within philosophy surrounds legal punishment by the Mm -hmm. state, you know, and of course we're not talking about legal punishment by the state, although OPEX North Korea shout out, you know, if if you were to do your 60 minutes of, you know, fitness every day, that, that could be a discussion. Uh Uh-huh. But, but we're talking more about uh, today. We'll be talking much more about like both the descriptive and normative questions of how in the world did fitness ever come to be associated with punishment, yeah. and the normative question of like should punishment have really anything to do with physical movement and culture, and you know how how did, how did we get here? What can we do to change it? That type of stuff. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to uh, just thinking about that and thinking that through today. That it's not just outside of that for legality's sake, but uh, in other areas, especially the self punishment one. That's uh, I'm I'm excited to jam a little bit on that one. Yeah, or the term uh, you know, uh, for those who are interested, self flagellation. Yes, you know, got ever really love that distance. word. Yeah, love that word. Can go many different many different directions with that. Uh-huh. So I, I think it's important to think about, you know, I mean, we always talk about the definition, but just all these different like philosophical questions surrounding the notion of punishment. And then like when you when you think about it, it really it does become almost absurd that punishment was ever associated with fitness or nutrition. But just mm-hmm. just to kind of start us off, you know, a definition of punishment, the imposition of a penalty or deprivation for wrongdoing, um, a penalty imposed imposed for wrongdoing. Um, rough treatment or use, you know, I suppose that could be the one that's maybe closest to the fitness case, although the wrongdoing stuff, obviously that's a lot more, you know, well, I was bad by eating a cupcake and therefore I need to do 20 more burpees or what have you. Um, the notion of punishment is directly tied typically with what we should or should not do, um, more specifically as a response to what we should not do. So, um, it's rare someone's getting punished for failing to do something that they should do. It's more that what they should not do that they get punished. Well, I guess for. it depends upon where you are. You know, I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to think of uh Berlin 1945, like that show that I watched, you know? Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's absolutely true. And um, yeah, maybe, you know, and obviously certain countries, if you're not, um, 
you know, uh, like, you know, body yeah, covering we, or things. Yeah, like that. we certainly have to spread the love beyond OPEX North Korea. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yes. you know, when when is OPEX Cuba, OPEX Iran, you know, OPEX Russia? You know, soon. Yeah, so all those spots are going to have a uh, conglomerate online Zoom meeting once a month to talk about uh, authoritarianism inside of fitness. Yeah, Vladimir was not just on the phone with Elon. He was on the phone with James talking about an affiliate. With his shirt off That's while fitness. riding a horse. Yes. That's fitness right there. You bet. Text uh, bouncing. Manliness. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, you guys you guys will do that on the, uh, presumably on the, uh, can I say the Sex and Fitness podcast? Is that, yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. So you presumably do that there. Yeah. Um, so it's also directly tied with um, the notion of punishment is directly tied with the notion of um, what we deserve and do not deserve. And I think this will be a, a topic we'll get to as well. Like this notion of like, wait, what? How, how, how did the notion of like dessert, not not like ice cream, but like, you know, moral dessert or what we deserve or do not deserve enter into fitness? Yeah. And, Nutrition, um, just this this conversation around like, um, am I a good person if I do this? Do I, you know, do I deserve to do uh, more of a workout because I've been, you know, lazy? You know that that yeah. that notion of like, uh, um, you know, and obviously there's some element of, I don't know, Protestant work ethic in there, and you know, railing against laziness. But like, how did how did this enter into the the uh, discussion around physical culture and, and movement? Yes, um, and it also it's directly tied with the notion of, of fairness and and of justice. It's it's not as we'll talk about in just a bit. It's not it's not just about um, deterrence either for you know. Um, so let's say someone stole something or they blatantly lied about something the punishment that they receive isn't just to deter them in the future it isn't just to publicly try to deter others by seeing their example it's retribution it's like whether it deters you or deters anyone else like you did the thing that was wrong and there should be a punishment for it yeah 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 I'll, I'll, and also to include there's think of the store owner um and what they may get from that you know, uh, the repercussions that come from the punishment is observed by not only the uh, individual that was doing it and the public seeing it, but the store owner gets to be a part of that as well to see that there is retribution right, uh, for the act that was committed. And that's an important point too, because, you know, a lot of times in these discussions, even if it's on a personal level or a legal level, people will say, well, what, what, what does that change? What does that change if we punish or, you know, if there's retribution? Well, a lot of times apologies or punishment or what have you isn't just about what will change. It's about, you know, it's something emotive too. It's like, it's, yes. it's not just that thing changing. It's this was a wrong that needs to be acknowledged and rectified in, in, in some way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in my opinion, it's pretty clear based upon per state as to what you can and cannot do. And that's why I like the the concept of it, like you just said, is that it's more than just those things sometimes, but sometimes it's a reflection on consistency, consistency of how we're all going to be civil and how we all are going to be either punished or rewarded or, you know, I shouldn't say rewarded, but punished. And what is the what is the case in place for that happening? 
whether the person doing it, the purple people that see the person doing it, or the person that has been, the crime has been committed to upon, right? Everyone has to be a part of that. And my point is that I like the consistency of it over time, because then that drives, you know, basically how to try to be as civil as possible, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good point. And I think, you know, I, I think all of us kind of have this intuition that there's, um, you know, even if some someone is deterred from doing a wrong that they've done, in the future, or, um, you know, they become a better person in the future, or they get their comeuppance in some other way, there is something perverse or um, problematic about, you know, someone doing something that they shouldn't have done and not apologizing mm -hmm. for it, acknowledging it and, you know, being, being, um, you know, in, in some way punished, you know, of course, proportionate to what was done, but yeah. that, that, that needs to be accounted for in some yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Anyhow, I enjoy that conversation, like the equality of the punishment relative to what was done, you know, the consistency of it, um, the, as I said, the offset civilized perspective of it. I, I always enjoy that. Yeah, I think it's a good discussion. And related to that, you know, there are different types of punishment. Um, obviously, the big one that gets talked in, talked about in philosophy is the legal one where there's either, you know, obviously criminal punishments or civil punishments, you know, criminal punishments being things like imprisonment, civil punishments being things like uh, fines, although there can be criminal punishments, I believe, that are also fines. Um, but even aside from the legal one, there's, you know, there's personal and moral ones. Um, so, you know, in the context of a, of a relationship, now I'm, I'm not making any commentary. In fact, there's probably lots of commentary that the, this is the wrong way to act uh, in a number of circumstances, but, um, you know, I'm just using this as an example of something that is used as punishment in certain contexts would be something like the silent treatment in a personal relationship, yeah. in a legal context, yeah. um, moral punishment, designating someone as a bad or a moral person or a bad or moral act. So we have to recognize that there are different levels in which this exists. And it's not just within the context of, a of a justice system or a legal framework, although that is a very important one. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking, I don't know if this could be connected to what I discussed previously of the uh, self and then others and then the system and then the collective, um, where there's also probably some ideas uh, of uh, punishment inside that one can do to oneself, not, not even physically, but through thoughts, right? Like critical self-judgment. Uh, yeah. could be quote unquote punishment, right? Like the, how that gets expressed would be the hu humor we see in Chris Farley on his Chris Farley show, you know, slapping himself on the head, you know, like stupid idiot with that question, you know, yeah. so that could be without the physical acts, you know, that could also be a form of uh, punishment that sometimes no one even knows one is partaking in, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's a great one. And I think personal moral legal kind of maps onto self other collective to a certain extent, but I think that's, a really important point because I think in a lot of ways, sadly, of course, that is probably one of the most operative ones within fitness and health is this, you yeah. know, it's not like uh, coaches are running around like uh, punching someone in the face for eating a cupcake. It's more like people are beating themselves up about. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, they're they're actually in two different lanes, beating their minds, they're beating their brains up and then they're beating themselves up physically. Right. Right. So, there, but, the, but it's both like to your point of the self, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really, 
Um, it's a good conversation because I mean that that does it does then starts to blend into uh, which we'll get to. Uh, but you know, because this word the word self harm is always used in a in a diagnostic psychological disorder context, right? But uh, we see self harm take place all the time, like right in front of us, you know. So it's yeah, that's where it gets into. Well, why why would you do that to yourself? And I think that then brings back to us having the discussion. Where does that derive? Does this person truly believe like it's a it's an original sin and they have to basically like work all that stuff through and that punishment and sacrifice is a part of like growing? Um, or are they seeing it in a more nefarious sense, right? Where it's like, oh, I had three cupcakes and I need to punish myself for that action. Um, and I'm saying that's all clumped into my perspective of all being self-harm, but it's not called self-harm because we want to bucket it into a clinical disorder, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And as we're discussing it now, I mean, this is just a, a question. I, I don't actually have the answer, but I'm I'm just thinking about it more as we're discussing it. Is there a reasonable context for self-punishment? I'm actually just, and again, I'm, I'm just yeah. literally flowing through this as we're talking, like, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think there's definitely like, I think we should all try to be humble and admit when we've made mistakes, especially to others or to ourselves and try to do better. But this notion of like self punishment, mm. uh, I don't know. Yeah. That, that, that's something I'm I'm just kind of thinking about now. Like, should there I think be the, a... I think the language might change if you did yeah. that. I really like the idea the thought experiment of like stretching self punishment out to a continuum, right? Where an extreme over there would be, I don't know, something that you could just come up in your own mind of an extreme level of, uh, of violence against oneself, right? That causes physical harm. And on the other side, maybe is that mind thought process, right? And yeah. I would think it wouldn't all be, my point being is I don't think it would all be called self-punishment. I think the word would start to change, right? Like, I don't know, getting yourself into, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, or signing up for really challenging conversation with another person, you know, like that, 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 that could be a form of, you know, punishment of your thoughts. Cause it's like, oh my gosh, you know, that, that, that hurt, you know, and you did it, you know? So I think that's where the language may change, but I, uh, yeah, I like, I also like the, the thought process of where does self-punishment come into possibly being an effective, uh, growth strategy. Cause I do think there's a place for that, but I wouldn't call it self-punishment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, where, where's the, you know, maybe, maybe the other end is self-discipline or something, yeah, something to that effect where one is more nefarious and one is a bit more um, helpful. Yes. Um, we talked about this a little bit already, but just a refresher, like why do we punish people when the act has already been committed? And then again, whether this is on the personal, moral or legal level, uh, retribution is, is one reason um, deterrence against them doing it again. And then sometimes public deterrence, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's often an argument against uh, or an argument for, you know, um, you know, laws against uh, stealing or killing, like make make an example, right? To deter others by seeing how bad the consequences can be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, punishment uh, can be justified or unjustified. Um, some things don't admit of being justified or unjustified. Punishment does, um, you know, justified someone being sent to jail for holding up a liquor store. Now, of course, you know, uh, th there can be different mitigating circumstances and contexts and questions, but just on the face of it, like that would be something that seemingly is, is, is justified. Um, unjustified. Do they steal liquor or do they steal money? Usually money, money. Okay. 
but it's usually liquor stores. That say, that's a lot of work to get a bunch of liquor out that, you know. Yeah, someone trying to like just see them with the big, uh, the super bad container, you know, with the <laughs> yeah, like a shopping cart of like Everclear, and they're just like trying to run out and uh, yeah. get the car, get the car. Should that, you know, uh, apparently Liver King is a fan of Everclear, and you know, whatever Liver King says, that's uh, oh man, that, I'm sorry, we're... I sidewinded us. Well, no, I was, I was, I, I just was thought about it. I was like, what are you stealing? And you're stealing money that makes sense as it, you know, cause I would assume they have lots of cash floating through there for the high usage of uh, alcohol. Well, I was thinking, should that be our drink for the, for the show a shot of Everclear? What happens when paper money goes away? Um, I don't transfer think... to Venmo right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's your name? Oh, uh... I'm out of here. <laughs> Definitely not me at hotmail.com or yeah. So, so, so. yeah, what's wrong? Yeah, well, I think that's one of the reasons people have transferred over to digital and and paying uh, yeah and paying accounts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what uh, digital robbery looks like in that in that state, but uh, digital robbery. Yeah, I think there's something there. There is. There is. Well, maybe they'll just have to go for the Everclear instead of uh money at that point mm-hmm. um unjustified punishment um you know this is kind of the case with people with uh you know sometimes it's characterized as as you know people will say like narcissistic personality disorder things like that people who uh project their verbal and emotional abuse uh onto others in response to their own failings uh, that's that's a pretty uh, it's a famous one where they are the ones doing the wrong thing and yet they project it onto uh, someone else. That's an unjustified uh, punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, the central philosophical question when it comes to punishment is uh, what could justify society intentionally inflicting a burdensome treatment on its citizens? So, you know, presumably the goal of a government or society is to like help its citizens yeah. or protect them. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's not our main conversation today, but I just wanted people to have just like a teeny bit of like a, a sprinkling of like, what are the main, you know, kind of positions, uh, in there. And then, um, we'll get into punishment and fitness here in just a second. Um, so consequentialists, we've talked about this a bit before, um, the idea that, you know, an action is justified to the extent it yields better or higher order consequences, so why is punishment justified at the societal level? Um, well, you know, people like Jeremy Bentham and others have said punishment is clearly an evil, but it's only allowable insofar as it protects from a greater evil. So, yeah, imprisoning someone is sucks, but if, you know, we're not getting 100 people murdered, like, okay. Yes. Um, there's the retributive uh, theory of punishment, which is... Uh, I don't want to necessarily say Kantian, but kind of more in line with that, where it's less about the consequences. It's more about, it's not necessarily to achieve some greater societal end, but rather intrinsically the act itself. We don't just punish someone who stole to stop further stealing, but because the act itself deserves punishment. Yeah. Again, like it's agreement, everyone in the room that there must be some kind of punishment there and everyone's in on it. Right. Yeah. Um, And then there is kind of a a movement within... um, you know, society and philosophy, there are people who are kind of abolitionist about this stuff. 
the idea that we should get rid of legal punishment and replace them with something else. And even, and again, that doesn't need to be a binary and either or a thing. I think there are people who think there should be legal punishment, let's say for, you know, murder and robbery and things like that, but who also think, um, I don't know, say drug offenses should be treated less mm-hmm. as criminal and more as, you know, rehabilitative and, and things of that nature. So yeah, for sure. Conversation. Yeah, we, 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 we just lightly talk about that one, but that's a, that's a monster right there in terms of, uh, yeah, the legalities and justice and et cetera. Um, cause it does enter into, especially in our geography and the country that we live in the concept around, uh, the second amendment and the concept around, um, you know, uh, rights of, uh, property and ownership of that. And, uh, it does, you know, it does. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. It's big. And, yeah. And I mean, there's definitely, I mean, now I'm presenting this descriptively and then we could ask the, you know, further question normatively, but descriptively in the United States in the past 40 years, let's say, you know, marijuana possession and use or selling went from like, okay, well, you know, you're a dope dealer and we're going to lock you up and three strikes are out um, to, um, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's legalized in a number of places. So yeah. uh, now, now, I mean, there could be the normative conversation about whether that's right or wrong, but just to show that even if someone has some notion of how legal punishment can be useful, those, those notions can um, change with regard to particular things and topics and what have yes. you. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the last couple of things before we get to punishment and fitness. So what is punishment, you know, philosophically, um, it's the imposition of something that's intended to be burdensome, retributive, and res- in response to a particular crime or wrongdoing. So uh, typically punishments rob people of liberty, money, or time. And again, hopefully as you're hearing this and trying to connect it to fitness, you're like, wait, how did this come into the discussion? Like, yeah. how, how did we ever get here? Be um, patient. We'll tie it in. Yeah, we're, we're, we're coming. Um, and then just some interesting questions from a famous philosopher, HLA Hart, that I thought people could, you know, ponder or walk away from this discussion with to kind of think about. Um, and, and I think this is related to fitness as well. You know, so first question would be what compelling reason is there to create and maintain a system of punishment? What, what good can it achieve? Um, who can be punished or who should be punished? Who's, who's worthy of punishment? I mean, I'd, I'd say a pretty standard thing that most reasonable rational people agree to is that um people with severe special needs aren't going to be punished in the same way as those who are, are aware of you know their mm-hmm. duties as, as citizens and then how should the appropriate amount of punishment be determined right um you know it, it we generally agree it should be proportionate um you know this is why there are you know, if, if just killing someone was the thing, all the punishments would be the same, right? But there's there's a difference why there's involuntary manslaughter and for involuntary manslaughter and first degree murder and things like that. So how is that all apportioned? Okay. Yeah, those are great questions. I as you were going through them, I was thinking, you know, as from my perspective of what I know about that, um, I immediately get into, I guess, uh, the legal ramifications of punishment and uh again civilization and like law i guess law and order in terms of where where you know i am in scottsdale where i am in arizona where i am in the united states of america and um i think uh those questions have been exhaustingly you know been thought out and discussed and uh they they change i guess relative to culture and generations and 
you know? Um, and I think it's, a, anyways, they're good thought experiments that do need to, and I'm not saying that as in like, you know, they're already been answered, but we do need to continue to ask those questions on this new platform of the digital uh, world um, because it does enter into, you know, where punishment can be, can occur for crimes that are committed within the digital space, you know, um, and that, that then becomes, you know, interesting thought experiments of, uh, you know, coercion and persuasion and, and, uh, things like that. So, and, you know, that brings us timely to, uh, the year, the past couple of years, you know, so. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's an excellent example of, um, both something that's going on currently and will happen in the future, but also something that really isn't necessarily within the realm of the legal, except for extreme cases where people are saying things that are perfectly legal. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they, they are being punished, uh, in, in one sense or yeah. another. Now, yeah. Again, you have the deeper normative conversations that right or wrong and what's, what's the particular case, but, you know, very clearly, you know, someone's not being, uh, you know, I could, we could probably come up with 10 different instances from the past couple of years of, uh, something like this happening where no one's being locked up for what they're saying, but very clearly, uh, socially they are being punished for, for what they've said. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why you can see it's, uh, I, I, uh, I enjoy or listening to those individuals who, whether they might be extreme on the concept or not, or seeing this thought crime ideas come up again, you know, um, that, you know, people talked about <laughs> or was an Orwellian concept a long time ago. And then, you know, during the second world war, we saw a lot of that come to play. And now it's like, you know, so I'm not, I'm not hesitant of, of, uh, having the discussion with others about that. Yeah today i think it's i think it is important well i think you know maybe in the next few years i mean if you ever see you know my, most of you guys are probably listening to this but if you ever watch the youtube videos you might see like a little red laser dot on the side of my forehead or on the side of james forehead like youtube actually has like snipers out there <laughs> that if, uh, if we say the wrong thing they don't, they don't even censor the I'm, podcast I'm quite vulnerable actually where i sit now that you mentioned that yeah, I mean, I've got a big old window right here. I'm just looking out at the uh, the snowy tundra, and uh, someone could be on the roof of the apartment next to me, and just uh, well, you see, me. they already got you because there's no humans involved. It's uh, oh, it's a drone, yeah, or you know, artificial intelligence, a robot, something. Just it's cool. it Zuck's avatar from the metaverse. Hey, this is the way out from punishment, right? It's like, oh, you did it. Who did it? I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's Watson or uh, Watson killed you or what? What's the Alexa? Alexa killed you. And that actually, I mean, and I, you know, I'll I'll bring us back here in a second, but just something for people to kind of ponder for a second. They, I mean, uh, one of my mentors from grad school, he he does kind of the ethics of technology and warfare. But one of the things they've they've talked about, uh, you know, with regard to punishment and and things like that is, um, you know, the difference between like shooting someone in person versus like being behind like a keyboard and like a video drone and like, you know, sending these things uh -huh. and that, um, that notion of like, I guess, distributing punishment, but in a way in which is kind of disconnected from, um, the human element that would typically be there, you know, so just, just something to ponder. Yeah. And there is readings out there from individuals who worked in Nevada in those rooms uh, during the uh, Obama era drone strikes. Um, and they've uh, publicly discussed that, like their feelings around it and 
how they went about doing it and et cetera. And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty rough to hear from them, um, to get a different perspective as opposed to, like you said, holding that gun and, and, you know, also heard those stories. Those people don't enjoy talking about that. Like if they do, they're in, you know, they're in prison or they're dead right now from the crimes they committed. But some individuals never like that. That's very difficult to shoot at another person and you can see it happening, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's, there's the flip side to that where it's, yeah, pretty, I mean, and one might say rightly so, right? I mean, you, sure. you, you want there to be that kind of, you know, hesitation or, or you want there to be that visceral feeling to a certain extent. So yeah. Yeah. Just, I just rewatched uh, Ruby Ridge, a PBS documentary on Americans. It's called American stories or something like that on PBS. Anyways, it's on YouTube. You could watch it, but that, that brings this point into really striking uh, um, connection, you know, the, the children that were up there uh, as well. And, you know, the conversations that were going on from the government of like honoring lives, you know, but wanting justice. So it all fits in here. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. So obviously the type of punishment we'll be discussing today with regard to fitnesses of a much um, lower level. We're not talking about locking someone up or fining them yeah. per se. Um, but we are talking about, you know, how, how this notion is, is connected with what goes on in fitness. So, although uh, we should kind of come up with some cool, like lockup scenario room for, uh, individuals just for, for humor's sake in your gym, you know, a little, little yeah. corner area, you're banished yeah. to the, you're banished to the Smith machine, you know? Yeah. The, for knee valgus, they do val knee valgus, you know, during their. 50 thrusters and they get banished your fourth round of map 10 mixcyclical was not as sustainable as your 10th round of map 10 to the gulag with you to the smith machine you, you should set up this old corner of like crappy rusty equipment it's like you know where to go shame when do i get out <laughs> like game of thrones with the shame bell just shame yeah shame. Or even better, this is, listen, I don't know why I come up with these things, but there's treadmills that connect to power operation, right? That gives power back to the facility. Keep the yeah. lights on. Your own little gulag going on there. Yeah. Punishment. If, yeah, if your 10th round wasn't as sustainable as your fourth round, you actually have to do four hours of single modality at a sustainable pace that that is mm -hmm. your punishment mm -hmm. to learn how to be sustainable yep with the worst seat <laughs> they're all the worst seats i know well fine how does everyone sit on those for like I, I, you know like on a regular bike you can like you can you can stand up and sit back down but i mean i guess you can do that on a road bike too but ugh, i can't sit on that thing for 60 minutes i'm sure someone else happened <laughs> anyway i digress <laughs> i did um so punishment and fitness so i think i got the uh the four p's here correct so points yeah, pleasure pain, right pleasure. pleasure pain points and prizes yeah um i think i added another p one time but anyways sorry I, think there was I, guess, I guess the main one there that's going to relate to punishment is pain. Although if someone 
gets their rocks off via pain than I guess pleasure could. Yeah, you know, some, some well, I guess that is relevant. I guess it that is. is here. It yeah, is. Mm-hmm. Um. So maybe maybe I'll move this first question down a bit because I think the the second question is probably a good one to start with. So. I guess to start off with what relationship does punishment have to fitness? Um, you know, you know, does the idea of punishment have anything to do with how fitness is practiced today? If so, in what ways um, are any of these ways helpful? Or are they all detrimental? Um, any, any thoughts there? Yeah, I think uh, some people, as I mentioned, I don't know why maybe, but some people I think come in uh to the fitness experience thinking that uh they should punish themselves um and fitness is the avenue in which they're going to do that you know i think that that i think there's a number of people that come into to the fitness experience and think that i also think that um uh, a lot of individuals i think back to my mentor bernie and uh how i helped him move his thoughts and ideas around fitness to a new level it, it went from you know, because his the way he told me was that uh, he's like he said it in different ways, but he was like James. You know, it's going to take quite a bit of work for me to not see a push up as punishment for not being on time when I was nineteen in the military. You know that stuff. That stuff like that sticks, right? That's deep. That's a deep connection to all the stories you tell yourself, right? That this this uh, physical expression thing you know full well, although you didn't call it fitness, it's directly attributed to you being punished, right? So I think there's there's probably what I'd, I'd say maybe, would you think a generational, a generational uh, variance in that, like a generational variance of maybe, you know, individuals in, uh, you know, post, you know, uh, second world war or the boomers generation, right? They probably have still connected fitness to not that maybe two lanes, either like a leisure pursuit, right? Like uh, you could be the Jack LaLanne or you could be GI Joe. You could be um, GI Jane, or you could be uh, 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 the long stockings, uh, Jane Fonda. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I, I think it's, it's either those lanes and, and they're, they're, you know, one is probably pleasurable and one is probably, you know, uh, I guess pain. Right. Yeah, so, so maybe in that generation, I think they have that for, uh, and then for, I think if I was to keep moving along, I think it kind of goes away, you know, um, for Gen X specifically. So I could speak to that, um, which are the, you know, the, uh, the children of the boomers um, in most cases. Um, they probably, you know, kind of washed that concept of punishment and fitness away from what their parents perceived it as. And I think a number of them were just continuing to do, uh, let's call it leisure outdoor pursuits in their formative years, right? Get outside to play, you know, great neighborhoods, you know, et cetera. And they probably connected that, you know, to the, let's call it the more virtuous concept of physical fitness and expression. It was just like having fun with your friends, doing stuff, challenging yourself, being outside, being in nature, et cetera. I'm not saying that's always the case, or there was probably sport there, right? And then sport was this acting place for physical expression. Um, and then I think over time, if I was to continue with that, I think it, it moved away from fitness being punishing 
as a concept of intentions. Yeah. Um, and then it moved more to the, uh, let's say, um, uh, I don't know any other words to, to play it, but for 2020, it's more of a, uh, you know, a narcissistic, you know, uh, expression. So others can see what I'm doing as an expression. So it's not necessarily locked into punishment. It's locked into, you know, our getting the thing I always joke about, um, you know, you didn't really do it if no one saw you doing it, you know, is and the intentions that are wrapped in that, you know? Yeah. So. The fitfluencer and that, that type thing, like the yeah. influencer and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I would generally tend to agree with that. I, you know, I think there's still some elements for some people of you know punishment within that, but I would I would agree that yeah, especially generationally, it has uh, shifted quite a bit. I think I was thinking back to just I guess more historically, you know, because I I was generally thinking as I was typing up the outline for this that it is more of a kind of recent phenomenon that we we view it as um, punishment, and by recent I mean relatively recent, like the past hundred years. Yeah. But then I started to think about things like um, the Protestant worth ethic and, yeah. you know, laziness uh, being a sin. And then, you know, even going back before that, you know, um, uh, you know, Catholicism, gluttony and sloth being yeah. sins. Yeah. Fasting. Yeah. That, that, that thing. And like, you know, atoning. Yeah. Uh, for, or uh, uh, the, uh, what's it, what was it called? The, uh, the uh siddhartha and uh you know B- buddhism's concept of uh of you know the suffering that comes in that that's inside of that conversation as well right like yeah what what's deserved right what's deserved for your experience and um etc i think all, what's also locked in that too is you know the i think it's probably like you said past 100 years a little easier to look at it um for this uh I would say like a luxury, you know, it's possible luxury of being able to physically express. And it just kind of turned from this luxury into this, like, you know, thing that we forgot that was highly connected to physical expression because we can, because we're able, you know, and, uh, and, and the other, the darker side of that is that, yeah, we'll use it as this form of, of punishment. Um, maybe for what you said. Yeah. Maybe for what you said, it's like deeply connected to this, like, well, do I deserve to, you know, do these things? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, someone saying like, uh, you know, I had a cupcake. I'm a piece of shit. Therefore, I've got to go bike a longer distance or something, you know, something, something that. Yeah. Or even not make the I'm a piece of shit, you know, point, but just say I've had a cup cupcake. Therefore, I must, you know, uh, create punishment based upon that action. Right. And then there even are, the critical self-judgment, but just like the action of doing it, you know? Right. And then there are the other cases where it's not even something you didn't do something wrong. It's just people, you know, self-reflecting. I, I am a piece of shit or like exactly. you know, parents treated me such and such a way. And like, therefore I yes. need to beat myself up in this, in this way. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a little bit behind, you know, the descriptive question. Obviously this is not. Uh, yeah. Martin Luther, uh, yeah, I remember reading about Martin Luther. He he discussed this deeply, right? In some um, connecting on his beliefs as to. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And well, you you brought it up, I think, it with regards to the uh, uh, Protestant uh, Reformation and the Protestant concept, Protestant concepts. Yeah. Um, so you know, kind of the normative or philosophy question we had talked about, the descriptive question, like 
you know, historically, sociologically, anthropologically, is this a fact? I think everyone can agree that, you know, in some form or another, it is, uh, it plays a role uh, in, in fitness today, although, like you said, it's it's transformed quite a bit. And then I think kind of the more relevant question for us is the, is the normative question related to what we were talking about earlier, maybe the spectrum of discipline and punishment. Um, should the idea of punishment um, have anything to do with the practice uh, of, of fitness? So any, any thoughts there? Should the idea of punishment have to do with the practice of fitness? Or like physical culture, physical, like should, is there any real sense? I mean, I think if we put it on this continuum of discipline and punishment, uh, and I'm I'm willing to have this discussion and go back and forth. I, I feel like my my first instinct as I think about that is like mm, the notion of punishment really shouldn't play very much of any role. Yeah, in movement and culture. Now, discipline that that's a different thing. But yes, like even though punishment does currently play a role for a lot of people in in how they perceive fitness and health it probably should not. That, that would yes. be mine. So. Yeah, for sure. I'd say the same thing, but I'll play it out. Yeah, I think, well, I'll just, I'll just rehash uh, the issues that come with that. You know, just think about the behaviors that people get tied into, you know, or, or their, uh, their thoughts that come connected to it, you know. So, you know, and the way that you could thought experiment this is that you could take your most favorite exercise, right? And you could, you could, uh, uh, you know, you know, immediately feel sad if, if uh, you meet someone who has an experience through fitness for a couple of years, and really did think because of their, you know, coach, uh, they really did think that that particular exercise that you love so much that you think is actually going to cure cancer, as an example, um, they're like, man, I hate that. I hate that. It's like the worst exercise I I will never do that exercise again. And you're like, why? It's like, because I felt like, that was embedded in a punishment regime based upon how I acted, you know, or what I did. And I would just hate that to happen, you know, because what you're tying in there is that people's opportunity for physical expression, you know, gee, we know that we should certainly open up a pathway for more people's opportunity for physical expression. I would hate anything to be tied into a form of embedded behavior of punishment and then reflect upon that, right. And look at it. You know, look at climbing a rope to being like, oh, I fucking hate that. Why? Because is what we had to try to do as a form of punishment because I couldn't do 10 push-ups. It's like, ouch, you know, how did that happen? So I'm just playing out my resounding yes in agreement with you of uh, I never want that tied in just through the behaviors that you get into with it, you know. Yeah. But then but then my humorous side comes in and says, <laughs> I would love for people to think the same way of, uh, of electric bikes and pickleball, you know? So, you know, I would love those as being forms of punishment, uh, for individuals, but then you see how, you know, maybe they perceive it as pleasurable. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, I promise this will tie back in. Uh, did you hear about, have you ever heard the name Palmer lucky before? No. Okay. So he's like a, Trump associate of one sort or another. Any, anyway, he, I, I kid you not, this is a real thing. You can look it up. Uh, he made a VR headset that like, he, he's like obsessed with this notion of like, oh, could you actually like die in the virtual world? Or could you, mm -hmm. you know, this VR headset that like could quite literally like kill someone or like blow up if uh, something went wrong. So what I was thinking for pickleball, we make our own set of paddles where someone gets like an electric shock every time they, they hit the ball. Mm. 
and we just uh, now now I'm into this conversation. Uh, now, okay, now we got that. Now, now got I'm that. into it. You got me moving. You got me edging now in the punishment inside of fitness. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, barbell I, squats. Ooh, yay! Um, single arm kettlebell snatches. Ow! Oh, yeah. Now you got me. You know that's a form of punishment. If you, that gets built in, I was trying to give you an idea of like stupid movements. You know. Yeah, no, I can I can totally see that. Where like uh. Maybe I'll have Brandon make a meme or something where like I'm doing a barbell back squat and you've got like an electric taser like pointing at the the barbell so it just like conducts and just uh-huh. you know, yeah shocks me yeah there. well that's a way of getting people to do shit right I means a form of yeah. punishment right yeah I he's mean every out, time... he's out ah! I mean every time I do a rep I tell myself it's folly so I, you know <laughs> I'm trying to there you go mentally yeah. punish myself you're doing the critical critical uh, self judgment punishment. This is total folly that helps me speed up quick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, going going back to um, what you were oh, saying. No, I don't think there's any room for punishment inside of fitness, especially where we are today and how deep we are into the, the bad behaviors. Yeah, and I, I would totally agree. And I think, um, you know, I don't know if this is done in schools today. You would know better than I would, but I know we probably had to deal with this. I know I did in like wrestling practice or other things like go run a lap. Yeah, you know, you do exactly. ten push-ups, do twenty sprawls. Exactly. Give me ten burpees. Uh, you know, basketball practice. Uh, I think they're. I don't want YouTube to ban us, but I think they're called suicides. Like you know, it's back yep. forth, back yep. forth. Yeah. Um. You know, just just this notion of like. Uh, you know, I guess this relates to another question that I that I had, but I it, it can go directly here. Like, you know, have sports and the idea of like no pain, no gain. Yes. You know, play, played a role in in this notion of. You know, one of the main theses that I think you're probably, you know, the foremost proponent of is this notion of the distinction between sports and, you know, physical expression and, you know, physical culture. And, you know, for a lot of people, those two are much more closely tied together. So I think, you know, in addition to the Protestant work ethic and gluttony and sloth and all these other things that we discussed, I think it's at least relevant to talk here about how how sports, which, which can have beneficial aspects, has definitely contributed to this notion of and no pain no gain has contributed to this notion of like pain or punishment within the idea of physical movement or culture yeah for sure and i'll repeat that as i say like it's i just think of it as the the younger you know model of physical uh sport right i call that physical sacrifice i call it that because of who's all involved in the game but i still recognize that it's still it's uh it's it's just one of it's just one of the main options that are available for people today for physical expression, right? In society, that's that's you know why it's present. It still doesn't mean that it, I'm not going to like berate it um, in terms of it. You know, my my children, my both my children are involved in sport, and I kind of talk that out as to how I deal with the you know their their awareness around being inside of that. But at the same time, I am you know free and able and allowed to also berate it as a physical sacrifice for a huge number of humans. Um, is it a form of uh, punishment in it? Well, I think, yeah, I think in cult, in culture, there's a number of parents for sure that believe that um, uh, maybe that their kids should be doing these young sports, uh, you know, as a form of punishment. Um, you know, that's possible. Yeah. And they tie in these words that are, I guess, tied closely connected to it. 
Daniel and I just discussed that yesterday on sleep for youth in physical activity. And we talked about this in this balancing apparatus that's required, right? For um, what gets jumped into this no pain, no gain concept is, in my opinion, uh, the, the, the outcomes of the behaviors that become attached to the physical performance, right? So the parent, it's not always like this, but the parents like, ah, you don't need that sleep. What you need is grit and suffering and you need to, you need to do the hard shit and you need an extra two hours of practice. And, you know, that, that whole energy that gets pushed inside and don't take from my point. There is just like an, an adult talking to his young son who's in, who's age 12 in American football. No, that also is spoken in different language from a mom to her daughter inside of dance. Okay. So it's, a, it's, it's a, this weird, weird area just said differently, you know, of this, uh, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to learn about all the struggles in life if you don't like go through this hard ass, you know, effort. And so whether we like it or not, that kid is connecting punishment, punishment as the possible, one of the only ways up in growth and one of the only ways up in, uh, in life. And if you think they're not doing that, you're, you're missing, you're missing the boat on it because they do connect that yeah yeah absolutely and it made me think and i don't know if you guys have discussed this before uh as well with regard to you know those contexts they were just mentioning but it was just something I'm, I'm thinking of as we're discussing it um you know we talked about the spectrum of discipline versus punishment and i don't know what the perfect example would be on the other side i'm thinking kind of a silly example like mr miyagi and danielson and you know yeah. on, you know like yeah. Lots of great physical cultures, whether it be, you know, uh, karate or other other yeah. things have this notion of like uh, discipline and not in a necessarily a self-flagellating way, but like learning about yeah. repetition and humility. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking through right now. I don't know if there's any discussions or thoughts around you have that that, that you have around that notion that's you know probably related to things like, uh, you know, map 10 or absolute strength of like repetition, discipline, moving through, but not in this like self-flagellation. You don't, you know, you're not going to know what life is truly like until you've like flogged yourself kind of way. Does that, does that make any sense at all? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think we're, uh, yeah, you're, uh, I, I just love the connection that you brought into it. I appreciate that because, you know, in context, yeah, physical expression, when we clump it in physical expression, it's, it's just, you know, you can't really, but when you get to physical expression in language that you used in the context of martial arts or the studying of martial arts, and the, let's use it uh, to something that a lot of our listeners or people may know, the original Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, and uh, you know, I think I think there is some there's some great uh, moral underpinnings inside of that, right? Because and the way that they did it in the story was great because you know they you know they had the the uh, protagonist right and and uh they had the uh the little guy getting beat up kind of thing and then you know this love and relationship tied in and this mentorship mentor mentee relationship and this concept of putting in the reps and doing the but they didn't have the they didn't have the like what you just described there aired on the side of like this deep lashes you know uh thing but they had this real life scenario right like how are you going to deal with this guy was his name jimmy no yeah it was Johnny. 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 Yeah. Like, how are you going to deal with that? 
Right. So that is a good storyline, in my opinion, to tie into what I would consider, you know, the martial arts aspect being a great spot for that. Right now, still at the end of the day, I do like still arguing the fact that that, you know, for a, a lot of people, a shit ton of people, I, I just like to use this like, you know, hits on the sideline with a helmet is not life. It's not like, like, I don't care what you say, <laughs> you're never going to be able to connect me to like, well, we learn all these things to make us great in life is like, no, you, you, you know, I have to, I have to bring you back to recognizing, I don't know, a billion examples of lives worth living that never required that as an example to get to the point of understanding what, you know, physical expression is that leads to a great life. But back to, the, uh, yeah, I just love that interjection there of where, that may be a, I guess, a softer form of discipline and what could be on the continuum forms of punishment, forms of self-punishment that get you to the point of a, of a level of resilience, right? That, that allows you to do what you need to do. And in Ralph Macchio's case, to ward off Johnny, to, you know, uh, stand up tall in relation to his mating opportunity with the loved one, and also to to show respect for an elder in the mentor-mentee relationship. So I think there's a nice triad there uh, that we could pull from it. Uh, and inside of it, yeah, there was there was punishment. Yeah, uh, punishment and and even retribution, you know, in some cases for, for things that had to occur, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, I guess taking the analogy further, Cobra Kai was kind of the, um, which now there's a series about, which I'm sure most people know about, but like, you know, Cobra Kai was the, um, you know, the self-flagellation and the, uh, you know, the master punishing you and if you lost and that, that, that type of idea of like, um, kind of the, the, the more nefarious notion of, of punishment that we're trying to get away from in, in physical culture of like, yes, you know, that, that, that type of thing. So, um, yeah. and, uh, just as, uh, my, my girls have watched that I have not. So I apologize for being off on, uh, oh, okay. That's all right. stuck in, stuck in the eighties. Oh, it's a great, great show. Unbelievable. Um, just fun, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, but yeah, just kind of an interesting connection. Like, I don't think anyone here, like, uh, including our discussion, we're not, we're not saying there shouldn't be some notion of, you know, discipline. And, you know, you've talked about the notion of, uh, fitness, like breakfast or brushing your teeth where it's like, Hey, you should, you know, want to improve yourself and, uh, get up. But there's, there's definitely a distinction between, that and recognizing the intrinsic worth in it and this you know self-flagellation punishment you know points prizes pain that that type stuff so yes um another series of questions that are just kind of related to this that you know we can either jam on or just have people reflect on is uh fitness discipline self-worth and dessert so like you know this notion of like what do we deserve and how is fitness linked with this notion? Now I know, you know, obviously within kind of the OPEX model and things like that, we'll, we'll use terms like, um, does someone deserve to do a Metcon? Does someone deserve <sighs> to do, you know, a snatch or a clean, but that's not really, it's not like moral dessert per se. It's more like, Hey, do you even have the prerequisites to like express this without injuring yourself and, and things like that? Um, so what, what I think people should think of here when they think of this is like, what do you mean? What do you deserve in terms yeah. of like workouts? Um, you know, what 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 relevance does that have to to anything? But I think a lot of people do think of that when they think of like, oh, I I deserve to you know get this beat down, or I deserve to have, or going in the reverse direction. You know, we were talking about um, a cupcake leading to fitness. 
what about a fitness leading to a cupcake? I, I yeah. did the fitness. Now I deserve a cupcake, that type yeah. of thing. So I, I don't know any thoughts initially on that kind of notion of dessert. Uh, nothing more to add. Just what I think about when you say that is, um, you know, I think, uh, I think probably, probably people, uh, deserve to see the outcomes of consistency. You know, I think that's, uh, that's what I think about. I think people, um, uh, you know, uh, deserve an opportunity to see something more than themselves, uh, by like physical challenges. I think they deserve that, uh, open up spaces of, you know, personal growth and emotional growth, cognitive growth, et cetera. Um, you know, I think people deserve to learn, you know, to, and I love fitness for that. Cause I get a reflection of truths, right? Like um, I visualize this for weeks and I think I can, and then you try it and you're like, I'm so far from doing that. I think you deserve to know those truths. Um, so those are some areas that I think about of what people deserve inside of the fitness experience. Um, and outside of that, I guess it, it would be hard for me to like get on board with deserving something that's connected to, you know, um, to, to something that doesn't connect them to falling in love with fitness and falling in love with it as being a daily ritual that's uh, really enjoyable you know you know the joy in the face looking forward to it coming up with your own workouts designing things you know and then not telling anyone about it that's the ultimate joy that i think people deserve to uh to to uh to get yeah and i think that's a really good point i think it's a uh important thing to bear in mind that um like you said there are there are good there are good senses in which we can talk about what people deserve within the practice of fitness it's just being more careful around this notion of maybe um maybe moral dessert or something like that like i'm a, yeah. I'm a shit person or something like that um yeah because i would i would have said years ago no you don't deserve anything but that's that's not what i believe you know i think i've changed over time so i think there are things that you do deserve and a lot of it's connected to those things of what you could become. Another thing that's related to that, that I think does play a large role here, in addition to the other descriptive factors, you know, gluttony, sloth, Protestant work ethic, culture, all these different things that we've talked about that, you know, I've uh, done a lot more studying on and, and become more familiar with. Um, although I'm certainly not an expert, you know, this, this notion of self-worth, um, you know, people who, um, you know, on the extreme end, you know, extremely unfortunate and, and not good if, if someone was either emotionally abused or physically abused as a child. And for them, that is love, you know, mm -hmm. this, this, this notion of, uh, or, you know, they, um, they, yeah, that they, yeah, that's how their sense of being loved was created was through punishment or abuse. Right. Yeah. Or they think, you know, um, you know, when we're kids and we have magical thinking, oh, if I, I did something wrong uh, and therefore if I, I don't know, punish myself or something like that, I can change these outcomes. And then that stuff gets, you know, calcified. It become it becomes solidified unless you do something to uncalcify it. And then uh, it can manifest itself in all sorts of different ways. But I think one of the ways uh, I'm sure you've probably seen this with clients that you've worked with and others who, who won't openly acknowledge it, but you can kind of sense from talking to them mm -hmm. that like, this is part of their self-conception and fitness is a way that like, well, I'm not going to destroy myself with alcohol or with, you know, drugs or with other things, but like 
fitness, that's the way I'm going to beat myself up. I'm going to do it in a, in a healthy way. I mean, of course they're not consciously saying that, but subconsciously um, that's there. So I think that's kind of a interesting connection there. I don't know if you have any thoughts there. No, uh, no nothing more than what I, we, I think in the pre-talk the preamble of, I just find that, um, you know, it, cause it really is a self-harm, right? It's a self-harm that one is doing to oneself, but we do have to, you know, have conversations with those individuals to see how they come up with the motives for this particular physical expression, right? And I think that having those conversations, we can get to that. And it is important that you do discuss that with people and have an open space to not have to deal with it, right? Your goal as a coach is to not like heal or rewire, or as you said, uncalcify, that's not your goal, but your goal is to bring up uh, these, you know, deep motives based upon why they're doing what they're doing in physical expression. Right. And so I think that is important. Now, if you do get to the point where as a math experiment, you know, three out of every 10 of your clients have that form of uh, let's call it a, a corrupt injected form of self-worth that they're connecting fitness to. Um, I think bringing that up from them saying it and you being like, you know, that must be difficult to deal with, with regards to, you know, and just saying that and stopping there, you know, I think that's really helpful for a lot of people. Um, and I'm giving every coach out there, um, you know, uh, the opportunity to say, hey, you know, have those conversations because you're not necessarily maybe today, but in the future, you will help that person move beyond seeing physical expression as a way of, you know, uh, this this deeper connection they have to this is how they should treat themselves. And you will move them towards, you know, uh, you know, uh, let's call it a, a more vital perspective of physical expression as something that is like, oh, real cool. You know, I didn't know I could walk that far or I didn't know I could lift that. And isn't that fascinating, you know, that you could do those things um, and then not connected to, to anything that's connected to how they, you know, their formative years they were treated and therefore have to like put in place consistency, you know. Uh, or consistently as a form of uh, as a form of punishment or self harm, which we'd call it, you know. Yeah, I mean, even just yeah, I, I totally agree. I think uh, just even bringing that to awareness to like you can you can very clearly see it in the other person, but like it's not, and they probably know it at some kind of level, but it's not quite there yet. And then you say it, and it's like, oh, oh wow, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And I, uh, just to keep going on that, there are some questions you could say, we talked about this a lot and it's not just one, but you don't want to, and as I tell coaches, like if you're only your second or third year in, um, you're not going to refine this question to the point where, you know, you're going to be really good at it. So you may have to ask it five different ways. That's why I tell, tell the, the new novice coach. And then over time you'll get to like one question that gets it. And I, I, I like to frame it as this, uh, you know, how did you how did you come to understand how you perceive fitness? Give me a storyline as to like your 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 story of fitness for you, right? How is how is fitness kind of developed for you? And if someone's like, well, you know, last year my husband gave me this thing, it's like I need you to go back a little further. So maybe you're not understanding what I'm talking about here, right? Like, give me your experiences when you're a teen, you know, of how you saw physical expression and what you know, and then you may get into some areas there where they're like, you know what? I'll be completely honest. And then you're into something, right? So now you're into something that you could, you could hang on to and, and kind of move them forward just so you don't miss, miss out on that right from the get go. So frame that question around their fitness history and experience and how they came to know what fitness is for them. And then you'll get into this area of 
seeing if they they truly do see fitness as a form of punishment yeah and i think you know fitness i think is a manifestation of um these forms of punishment but i think there's kind of these broader things that um you know i i maybe maybe this should be an episode i, I don't have a religion and fitness episode yet but you know purchasing of indulgences uh you know, saying you know Hail yep. marys all these things like culturally and not to just you know there, there are other forms of that as well but th this notion of like i need to absolve myself of something like yeah. I, I i'm in some way unworthy that's uh, what i've got at with the original sin comment earlier of that yeah. because it is embedded in a lot of people you know yeah, yeah. um, um and they see it, that daily practice as that you know um so yeah I, i'd like i'd like i'd yeah, I'd warrant that discussion. Yeah, and then people trying to like balance the scale, you know, or whatever whatever yeah. term we're going to use. Yeah, but it's just interesting how fitness becomes a manifestation of that, and then you know people being obsessed with calories in and calories out, and like how that could be more broadly construed as like you know self worth and gluttony and sloth and all all these different things. Yeah, so. and treats, and desserts, yeah. and yeah, treats and cheats. Yeah, treats and cheats. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that term terminology. So. Um, so we've talked pretty extensively about the fitness client and punishment, this notion of like, if I eat pizza, I need to do a hard workout to burn it off. Uh, we talked a little bit about the, um, the coach and this notion of, um, uh, punishment, but maybe there's, I don't know if there's any more to say there, you know, I know, I know obviously, you know, less, less so in kind of our world these days, but I'm sure you experienced this back in the day, or at least at some CrossFit box, you know, if you're late, do 20 burpees yeah. or you know, yeah. that that type of stuff or, you know, Johnny wasn't listening. So we're all going to do, you know, 10 man maker, or whatever it's going to be. Um, or, you know, pukey the clown or things like that. Um, and any other things to say, or, you know, thoughts on how the fitness coach can be, uh, maybe a beacon moving forward for helping people, uh, remove this notion of punishment in relation to fitness, uh, any thoughts there? I think there's a huge spot for, uh, you know, humor and, uh, and, and stupidity as a form of gaining awareness for individuals, you know, so that people could, I just try to think of that, the CrossFit box owner, right. Who could, who could really just make people reflect a whole lot more on how they perceive physical activity as being a form of self-expression that should be, you know, honored. Right. And, and uh, so what does that mean? Yeah, if you're late for class, you got to do like five math solutions or something. I don't know. That's that's the point. That's the punishment. And then you're saying, well, why are you making me do that? It's like because I don't want you to see physical expression as a form of punishment. It can't be a form of punishment. Now, I know how hard that would be for the collective CrossFit group classes in order to do that. But I don't know. Maybe it's just a that's a wish that we take that out because it has been embedded you know, um, uh, that, that, like you said, that, you know, written down as a, as a beat down is something that, you know, we need to do in order to grow, right. We need to do that form of punishment to ourselves in order to grow our minds and to be resilient and to dot, 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 get ready for the unknowable, you know? Um, and so if that has, that has been beat in for 20 years, Yet a lot of those people, millions and millions, are not just looking out into society going, actually, I don't need to do that shit in order to live. Then you're going to have to uh, start putting some of these 
humorous satirical concepts of punishment back inside your gyms. Um, you know, I'm not even sure. Maybe you can give me some idea of it. You know, what 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 would be like a, a non-physical form of punishment, right? You got to go and eat uh, bread. You got to eat bread, you know, over in the corner or something. I don't know. Are there still paleo zealots inside the system? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, read uh, read some philosophy. Uh, there we go. There we go. Read read yeah. some. Uh, yeah, read some like Zizek or something like that. That's like designed to just like make your mind melt. That's like purposely like obscure and that really has no. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, that was painful. Exactly. You will not be late again. Yeah. Present it back to the class in plain English. <laughs> uh-huh. Or have them go in a room and sit and listen to like uh operatic, you know, Wagner or something. Right. But yeah, that that humor concept that didn't make me think of. I forget whether it was SNL or like some YouTube thing or something like that, but it's like uh you know, people making fun of this concept, I think is useful. It's like, are you, are you tired of being a fat, pa- lazy piece of shit? You know, <laughs> like get up here, you know, do the band, you know, it, it kind of, it, it, it brings self-awareness to this notion of, you know, for people in a way in which sometimes does. state directly doesn't of like the, uh, the absurdity of yeah. this, 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 this notion. Yeah. Um, I think I'm saying yeah. that too, because I'm sensing that that's becoming less and less accepted to do that kind of humorous shots at ourselves of how, how stupid we are with certain things, you know, even the, um, I just thought of it, you know, uh, that was, what was that insurance, that guy in those insurance commercials who like is always patched up and gets into trouble and shit just falls down. all. Oh around. yeah. yeah. I, know, I know. You're right? about, yeah, yeah. Remember he was on the Peloton bike and he flipped over and went through the door. I don't think I saw that one. Oh but... gosh, dude, that's, that's such a good one. He's like, I'm just working out at home. You know, he's like, eh, and he kind of goes forward and then he smashes through the door. Glass goes everywhere on his bike. Anyways, I just thought of that. Like, we need spaces for that, you know, that kind of idea back. In, and I sense that we're not as of, of accepting of that anymore because it's it's becoming a little uncomfortable for people. Be like, oh, don't be poking fun at the way people look or, you know, our behaviors. Like, no, we need to make fun of our stupid shit that we come up with, right? Like burpees. You know, in in a class in a micro gym as punishment for being late, like it's stupid. It's dumb, right? right? In my opinion, anyways. Are you just embedding these behaviors of what people? You know, you don't want them to hate burpees, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, I I think related to that kind of like we were talking about before, like being humorous and self critical about you know the notion of punishment while still leaving room for the notion of like discipline and want, yeah. wanting us to strive and you know. It, it, you know, just just because we think uh, you know the extreme forms of it aren't good doesn't mean we can't say things about like, hey, it's it's good for one to, you know, try to improve oneself physically each day, not as a form of self-flagellation, but as a form of like, um, you know, realizing the intrinsic worth and the value. Yeah, within the- yeah. yeah, the things you can learn about yourself, and also uh, the things I mentioned earlier of uh, just you know, getting ready for more and being opportunistic of more, you know. Yeah, I think that's where, you know, if you call punishment, that's fine, just as long as you um, stay consistent, because even over time, no matter how much punishment you call it, you'll just change your language over time. It's not punishment. You're just like, oh, I'm pumped around uh, coming up with this physical challenge, you know, excited. I guess the last... I'm there. I'm at 18,000 sessions, and I'm at that point. And I went through this area. I, I, you know, um, I... 
you know, I probably called it at some point because I used pain inside of it, right? Like go into the pain, find the pain, learn from things, right? Because that's what life is like, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, so I, I, I recognize that. And I came through the other side, right? Um, just squeaked by and I'm still, I'm standing, you know, it takes me a while, you know, to get up from a deep position off the floor as easily. But, um, you know, there's a way through. You just got to be consistent. Yeah. Am I hearing you correctly that you've flagellated yourself 18,000 times? Is that totally? Yeah, just with a thruster. <laughs> yeah, every overhead squat and thruster was uh, self punishment. Yeah, for the greater good. That's right. The greater good. Just to get here, it will soon be the call to prayer. It, it, it has a purpose. <laughs> uh huh. It's it's that sound. <laughs> Of the of the burp of the thruster tempo and the and the weights just a little clanging yeah clanging 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 you know yeah you can you can hear it that uh, little dip yeah um I guess the last uh, potential topic or question would be kind of the fitness collective and punishment any you know so we've talked about the individual the coach um, any thoughts on how we can collectively and and as you said it it culturally it definitely has shifted. Uh, with each successive generation less and less away from punishment. Although, as you've also pointed out, it's, it's not necessarily in a good direction. Like there's yeah. the narcissistic element too, but yeah. um, any thoughts on um, how we can guide the fitness collective away from this notion of punishment. And uh, I'm, I'm just teeing you up here, but uh, yeah, no, it's the central notion. No, no, it's, it's the central notion of what, what brings you and I together and what brings a lot of us together on that uh, stuff that I've been, rummaging around within thought for, you know, probably a decade is, uh, is this like, you know, how do we to ask it the same way, but how I see it, how do we like shift behaviors of, uh, really falling in love with fitness because it's something we can do. You know, I think that's, that's where the, uh, that's where, and, and there's lots of, uh, challenges inside of that, you know, a lot of challenges inside of that. And, um, uh, that's what why we have these conversations, right? That's why we're discussing this because we essentially do want to not just be critical of what we've done in our behaviors and actions and how that led to people's perceptions of fitness, but also get inside and say, no, maybe we can think about it this way. So I think that's how we create like change amongst those around us and those who are listening in. It's just conversation on the point that our intentions for a long while have been really messed up, right? And, and, and the intentions for fitness can't be because your lifestyle and your eating plan is shit, right? Like you treat yourself like shit and you eat like shit, right? That can't be the reason for you to do fitness. And for me to say that today, that sounds crazy to like 80% of people. They're like, what? I thought that's why we did fitness is to rehab all that. It's like, gosh, where are we? You know? And so where are we? Well, we're right here asking these questions. Yeah, and it's essentially, I mean, it is a philosophical point in a lot of ways. It's, it's basically taking, trying to shift in fitness in particular, well, fitness and health and nutrition, things from an extrinsic motivation, reward, punishment base to a intrinsic yes. for the sake of its self and its own internal values. And um, yes, things, so. yeah, yeah. To use that uh, happiness in action book that I read um, as a language exercise for the sake of itself. Yeah. And, and there's a tremendous, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of 
I mean, not not that we necessarily need the research to back it up, but ju just kind of an interesting discussion around like, um, you know, there was a, a clip of Huberman I was watching the other day re regarding like uh, dopamine release and, you know, talking about uh, studies done on kids who like, you know, they intrinsically enjoyed coloring for the sake of itself. And then, you know, the ones that were offered a reward later came to like dislike it, you know, uh, or Dude. see it as rewards the stories we could tell in the youth sport stories of that yeah man that's one of those dark areas that uh, a lot of people don't want to discuss yeah um and it's it, you know it's funny too because a lot of those parents uh end up either trying to live through their child again forgetting the fact that they hated the whole experience right at the end um uh, again, or see just young sport as just an only option. That's the only option that they have for them to be babysat and to go through physical expression, right? And then, you know, that they're, let's call it 15 years removed from when they finished their self-flagellation, um, unconscious self-flagellation, and uh, they forgot about it. And now they're like, oh, I guess I'm going to involve my kid in it. They just don't think about it, right? right? They don't think about it. And man, that's that's a dark story. Yeah. That's um uh, I, I hate I hate that, even the discussion of it, right? Because just think about that, all the millions of humans that we connected that young physical sacrifice and unconscious self-punishment to fitness. I mean, they thought that's what fitness is. That's rough. That's hard to like rewire in people over time. It is. It is, yeah. Um so yeah, getting people back to more like doing it because it's intrinsically enjoyable, not because it's for a trophy or, you know, pleasure points, pains and pain and prizes. Yep. Yep. Good finish. All right. So just to review, we talked a bit today about kind of, you know, general notions of uh, punishments, you know, how it's related to the notions of like what we deserve, um, you know, um, how it can be for retribution or deterrence. It can be justified or unjustified, different theories of punishment and um, what pun punishment is meant to be. And then tried to connect that into, um, you know, fitness and this notion of like self-worth, moral deserts, you know, how did we get here to the point where punishment is even associated with fitness and what can we do to bring it out of it? And, um, you know, some of the historical antecedents that led us there and, you know, the role of the coach and perhaps society and the fitness collective in general and how they can help us get away from this notion of punishment as being intrinsically tied to fitness and then um, moving more towards intrinsic motivation for physical expression rather than ex extrinsic motivation. Yeah, yeah, that was a good, I'm glad we uh, finished with that. Um, kind of, It felt like we brought it together to a, to a nice ending of good takeaways. Um, I also learned in their... Uh, which I was thankful for of, of the way to see it, the, what I called it different forms of punishment as to how they're observed, right. Through thought, you know, to oneself in a physical sense. And that let's call it two differentiating things of behaviors of that punishment, self-punishment, and then like behaviors of physical self-punishment. And then beyond that to like, you know, civilization and punishment to others and where we fit into that, i.e. the, the shop owner, the the person who committed the crime, and the people in society around that, like that, I, you know, I, I just I, I love that discussion again as a rehash of that. Um, 
also we got we're definitely going to have to uh tee up a new uh session over time um uh on belief or religion inside of that or uh philosophy i think that you know it's time and we have to do that one and have part one two three four five six seven for that area because on the back end of this one this is a great entry into that uh, oh yeah or, or absolutely uh, yeah. yeah i think so, yeah too looking forward to that yeah me too i think that was one of the main things i took away was like um thinking more deeply about like just thinking about like how deep these historical and religious antecedents really go yeah um, you know gluttony and sloth and things like that that have been around for like thousands of years so that was a big one and then another one for me was this uh distinction that we talked about between like you know self-discipline you know virtuous and then self-punishment yeah the continuum continuum is very yeah that, that's that's a great uh great thing for me to to go back on to it and try to create words for it i'll do i'll do some practice of that today so i appreciate that try to put together that i love putting together those uh those continuums for my fundamental systematics uh love and next time we will be discussing reward and fitness as we reward ourselves with our our 50th episode that's right it's a nice reward for us so we'll uh we'll see everyone there thanks robbie thanks james